Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And your co-host, Allie. And we have a special guest joining us today. We have Rocky Croy. Hey, hey Rocky. Rock. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We're coming to you today live in person. I know I've had to phone in for a few lately. Yeah, and we had to really entice him to be here today, guys. <laughs> no enticement needed. It was a pleasure. So we're here at our Westchester facility, which is a neat facility and uh, kind of has a special niche service. And uh, before we dive a little bit into that, um, Rocky, why don't you give us a little bit of history? How'd you get to be here? Wow, that's a long question. Yeah, exactly. Show my age here real quick. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, straight out of school uh, as an athletic trainer, um, started with a sports medicine program um, with the company, and you know, found the niche of we were doing a lot of work with with local employers, Springdale mm-hmm. Dairy, GE. Uh, we just felt that there was a, a link to that access of, of patients and uh, injured workers that we were working with that we needed to offer a little bit more uh, for. So we explored uh, the industrial rehab world. Um, and finally, I think 1996, started an industrial rehab program, uh, became CARF accredited in 2002 and been CARF accredited ever since then. But uh it's been great to uh, to build those relationships with our local employers, and uh, the program's been really helpful for us. Industrial That's awesome. rehab and CARF accredited are two huge topics, I think, that we're about to get into today, right? That's right. Some yeah. things that we need to explain to some of our listeners. Yeah, so, um, you know, we've talked a lot about rehab and PT, and but what does industrial rehab mean? I mean, that sounds like we're using, like... Uh, you know, industrial equipment or... <laughs> yeah, like these people are coming in for therapy and they're using like type of, I don't know, what's a, an industrial equipment that you would use? Well, first of all, kind of let me de- define industrial rehab. Um, <laughs> the best way to look at uh, what that program involves is it's kind of that bridge program for an injured worker who goes through, whether it be a surgery or physical therapy, um, yet they have a, it was an extensive injury that kept them off of work for quite some time. So they were deconditioned because of that being sedentary during the recovery, or they have a very physical job, say mm-hmm. a bricklayer or a steel worker has a heavy demanding job. A lot of times physical therapy will return somebody to work just fine. Uh, we've got great surgeons in the, in the area, right? And then that great physical therapy program will send them back to work. But there's also that time where it's just not enough. And right. there's, there's that physical conditioning component that needs to be added as well as the functional restoration um, for job specifics. So in an industrial rehab program, um, and, you know, there are different services in that program, uh, active physical therapy. There's a progressive to work conditioning and even a work hardening program. Each of those just kind of grow in intensity if you look at them as a hierarchy. Um, but it's that next bridge. It's, it's physically reconditioning them through weight training uh, and physical exercise, uh, cardiovascular conditioning, and then a lot of work simulation. Uh, if they've got a job to go back to, we, we've got an abundance of equipment that we use to simulate uh, lifting tasks, climbing tasks, postural, postural demands, uh, but we've got a, an abundance of th- that equipment that we can use to help recondition people functionally so that they can return to work seamlessly. Um, 
you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, the in just traditional physical therapy in that 45 minutes to an hour visit, we just don't accomplish that. Right. Uh, we restore, we recover from that injury. Uh, I always like to use a rotator cuff tear as a, as a good example. Uh, we get that shoulder back to range of motion. Uh, we get it functional range of motion. We get functional strength back. But are they prepared to go back and do brick lane all day long? Are they prepared to go back and do a very physical job? So that's mm-hmm. when we start practicing the physical demands of the job so that when they finish up with us on a Friday and go back to work on Monday, there's no doubt in their minds. There's no doubt in our minds or the physician's minds that they can go back and do their job. We're They've already been doing it here for us. Throw them back into their job without it. So, Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, there's a ton of information there. So I think... Uh, one way I've always thought about this, and I think maybe for the listeners is, you know, we, we talked uh, a while ago about Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow injured his knee. And obviously he had some work to do in the clinic. He had to work on range of motion. He had to work on strength. He had to work on those basic things, but that's not where his recovery process ended. You know, he had to do some on field work, although he wasn't ready to play a game yet. He was breaking down those smaller tasks to get ready for that. So would that be kind of like what we're talking about with the industrial athlete, so to speak? That is a great scenario, a great de- description, Matt. Um, you're absolutely right. We refer to our injured workers as industrial athletes. Yeah. Uh, for that reason. We treat them like athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of our jobs in the world today are very physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they may, you know, may, they might not be chased by a 280-pound defensive <laughs> lineman. <laughs> but, um, you know, Joe Burrow also doesn't work for 10, 12 hours a day. Sure, um, eight, exactly. 10, 12 hours a day. And, and there's a lot of repetition out there. There's a lot of lifting. There's a lot of physical demands on our bodies. As we get older, it gets tougher. So yes, it's, that's a very good, um, uh, description, um, of exactly what we're trying to work with an industrial athlete. Cool. Cool. And you mentioned several components of the program and, you know, on the podcast before we've talked uh, with my brother, Tom, and we've talked on our Oxford at work program. And we talk on that a lot about prevention, you know, and a lot about industrial services, to try to uh, limit injuries. But obviously, unfortunately, you can, just like your car, you can be the safest driver in the world, but accidents are still going to happen. Things are still going to happen. So let's say worst case scenario, an injured injured, uh, person does have an injury at work. Take us through kind of the timeline of what does that look like and how does that fit into some of those things you mentioned, like work conditioning, active physical therapy. Let's talk about those. Sure. I mean, if you want to look at that scenario from a the timeline of when an injured worker is injured at work, um, obviously many variables on the type of work they do as well as this intense or the uh, significance of their injury, um, the severity of their injury. However, they're going to be evaluated um, a lot of times by an occupational health physician, um, maybe tied to that employer. Uh, they may need a specialist to move on for evaluation, MRI test, you know, diagnostic testing. But they, all that gets taken care of on the front end as far as the initial injury goes. Um, surgery, possibly, maybe you know, without surgery, regardless. Hopefully, they're getting into a physical therapy program mm-hmm. to start restoring and recovering from that injury, regardless of the injury. Uh, but again, that industrial rehab component is the tail end of that scenario where an individual has a very demanding job to go back to mm-hmm. or the significance of their injury has required extensive recovery time. So therefore, they're deconditioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where that industrial rehab program plays into the, the situation. So how's that different? Um, let's talk about the nuts and bolts. Let's say they move from the physical therapy to work conditioning. What does that mean to a patient or a participant in a program like that? What's it going to look like to them? Okay, that's a great question. Um, 
you know, a traditional physical therapy program is going to be a two to three times a week. Right. Um, you know, they're going to be there for roughly an hour, hour and 15 minutes for their physical therapy. Depending right. Depending on, on what all they're doing. A work conditioning program is typically anywhere from two to four hours a day, uh-huh. three to five times a week. Mm-hmm. Again, the reason for that in, in that transition into a work conditioning program, we are going to continue to do a lot of the physical therapy exercises they were doing in therapy. We're going to continue to restore range of motion if it's not completely back to 100%. We're going to continue to restore strength. But now what we're tying into is the functional aspects of, of their recovery. Uh-huh. So that two to four hours, uh, a lot of that time is spent reconditioning. All of our industrial rehab programs are within a gym setting. Yeah. So we've got 20,000 plus square feet of physical fitness equipment that we can utilize to help functionally and physically restore that individual's strength and endurance. Yeah. Then there's that component of work simulation. You know, if, a, if an individual has a job to go back to, we're going to simulate the job as closely as possible. So, and we start out, we, we can't start out with them handling 200 pounds of steel day one. We have to right. start out with small items and work the, you know, condition them for that functional task of lifting that heavy weight and, and work up to that level. That's the progression of their functional restoration. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's kind of gives you the idea of how that the length, but I usually count on two to four hours for work conditioning. Okay. Uh, but it's a, it's a busy day. Yeah. Uh, and again, so that's a part-time job. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and again, a lot of times if, if somebody has a, a physical job to go back to, or even if it's just a, a constant standing from a lower extremity injury, um, you know, a lot of times an hour worth of physical therapy isn't going to get them that level if they're not doing something on their own at home. Makes sense. You also mentioned a term uh, called work hardening. So, Take us through what are the differences, you know, or when would someone move from work conditioning to work hardening? Wow, that's the golden question. The difference between, <laughs> you can ask a lot of our medical practitioners uh, what the difference is between work conditioning and work hardening. I've been doing industrial rehab for 27 years and, and, and still have to answer that question quite a bit. So. All you students out there tuning in, listen up. Here right comes on. the answer. You're going to get answer. this is for your final exam. Well, what, what, mu- <laughs> what muddies the water even worse is a lot of states don't recognize a difference. Yeah. Um, Kentucky, for example, it's, right. work, it's billed as work conditioning slash hardening. Right. In the state of Ohio, uh, we have specific WO codes, and we won't get into the billing aspect of that, but we have codes specific to uh, a work conditioning versus a work hardening program. Uh, but that's a great question. Kind of A few of the, the aspects I like to use to define that is, first of all, intensity. Yep. Uh, length of a program as far mm-hmm. as uh, time. A work hardening program is... is pretty much mandatory five days a week. We are, yep. The difference is work conditioning, it, it can be used as a stepping stone to a work hardening, a more aggressive work hardening program or more intense work hardening program. But it's also used in a situation where an individual doesn't have a job to go back to yep. or we don't have an identified job goal. To be, to have a patient in a, uh, or an injured worker in a work hardening program, you have to have one of those. So you either have to have a specific job to go back to, which we are hardening for, um, or they have to have a identified job goal. Um, therefore, we can simulate very, very closely. Specific so, functions. Yeah, so it's a little bit, you know, it's much more specific when it comes to the functional aspects and the simulated tasks that are involved. Yeah. A work conditioning program is a little bit more general in, in our lifting activities, our functional activities. Work hardening program is extremely specific to their job detail. Makes sense. So like in the job descriptions, it, some people see on like resumes or or, you know, applications, um, they say like standing for so many hours, being able to lift this many things, you guys kind of just simulate those small credentials in the conditioning where we're hardening, you're actually picking up, you know, specific items or, 
you know, working with a patient to do those specific job things that they're used to, right? Yep, Ali, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> what do you guys need me for? See, you've been you at this. Could do this. I mean, you've me. been at this twenty-seven years, and she wow. just nailed it. She just nailed it. Just <laughs> bringing it back to people. I yeah, to absolutely. Know. You know, taking us a step backwards uh, to our initial discussion, um, th- there's a, a lot that goes into establishing or setting up a industrial rehab program. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of exploration from, you know, looking at diagnostic testing, looks at the, looking at the medical side, which is what we do also for a physical therapy program. But the biggest homework we do as therapists when we look at an industrial rehab program, especially a, a very specific work hardening program, is we're gonna, we need to break down job demands. Yeah. Um, we need to break down a job description. If we don't have an adequate job description from the employer, we will work with a, a case manager to obtain a better job description. If absolutely necessary, if we still can't identify the specifics of the job, we'll do our best to go out and analyze the job ourselves. But it's, it's essential um, you know, that physician is, is waiting for us to tell exactly what restrictions are necessary for an individual to return to work or what needs to be, you know, continuous restrictions and or modifications in the future. We have to know what the demands of that job are. So we will break down the specifics of the job into great detail to under, identify what critical demands are involved and which demands are, are, you know, far and few between or maybe don't necessarily have to be done. It's important for us to understand that as we try to help the physician return this individual to work safely. Yeah, and I think those are, you know, really great points. And, you know, as Rocky and I were preparing for today, I said, man, we got to do the 10,000-foot view because there are so many facets of this program. And I'm glad you brought up the employer side because I know we have a varied audience. And for the employers out there, if you're getting folks that are coming back to work and they're having repeat injuries or they're having a routine injury and they keep being off of work, this could be a huge missing component of their program. And, you know, we can be a tremendous resource, um, like you said, Rocky, not only to establish, do you have really solid job demands so you can make sure you're placing these individuals at the right point? Um, But I know I've been involved in cases before where if you don't have those in place, it makes everybody's job harder. The physician doesn't know how to set limits. We as therapists don't know what does this person need to go back to. And the the injured worker, you know, they can't really tell you either. So um, to the employers out there, I would just say, uh, you know, our Oxford at Work program and our Oxford physical therapists can work collectively, you know, to really help you guys get in a better place in preparation, you know, for injury. So just a tremendous asset. Without a doubt. Um, you know, if there's a suggestion for all of our employers, it's exactly that. It's keeping your job descriptions up to date. Yeah, and I think that's really crucial. You know, now we've we've visited, obviously, my favorite topic, COVID, um, <laughs> on the podcast many, many times. And uh, I know as people are returning back to work, there's been processes that have changed. There's been processes that have streamlined, maybe divisions that have been eliminated or combined or new processes introduced. This is a great time to revisit those job demands, revisit those PMP manuals and see, are you uh, setting yourself up as you're bringing a workforce back to work? Let's make sure we're getting the right things in place ahead of time. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I preach it all the time. There are two major components to the success of a uh, workers' comp program at any employer, and that's, first of all, early intervention. Yeah. yeah. And then secondly, it's a return to work program. Yeah. It's an identified return to work program, understanding, having job descriptions so that physicians have the material necessary to return an individual back to work safely and efficiently. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, also identifying uh, necessary modifications or light duty positions in the building so that you can 
help a physician accommodate that individual back to work as yeah. soon as possible. Yeah, I think it's great. The The one component that I know is a huge part of the program uh, that we really kind of haven't talked about is at the end of the program or maybe at the end of therapy, oftentimes there can be a test used. Uh, we call it a functional capacity eval. Just unpack that a little bit and tell us when and where that might be used and what that's all about. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Um, functional capacity evaluation is a very um, diversified, it's, it's, a, it's a full understanding of an individual's functional capabilities, obviously. But, um, you know, does it get used in a discharge situation at times? Yes. Uh, more times than not, we're able to functionally evaluate somebody at the end of a work conditioning work hardening program with just a discharge evaluation, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little more cost effective for our referral sources and our employers. Um, the majority of our functional capacity evaluations are sent to us from physicians, uh, from case managers that are looking to try to return an individual to work and, and need to understand you know, what their overall capabilities are and how they can match those with the demands of their job. Yeah. Um, so you know, if I quickly go through what a functional com- capacity consists of, um, you know, again, it's a lot of exploration up front. It's, mm-hmm. it's, under, it's having job description in hand. It's having uh, diagnostic testings in hand. It's having therapy notes, physician notes. Those are all reviewed before a, a functional capacity evaluation. The key and most important component of that is the job description. Right. Um, if we don't have a job description, we're reaching out to the employer and getting the best understanding we can. Mm-hmm. We can't rely on just a, a patient's um, description of their job. Uh, sure. So that understanding is very important. So we do all the exploration. Once they're here, the moment they walk in the door, the evaluation starts because we're looking at postural demands, we're lo- you know, postural tolerances, um, all the way through. So, kind of setting that up, we go through a, a lengthy thirty to forty-five minute intake interview. So it's just exploration. Mm-hmm. It's it's a further exploration of what's taken place, how the injury occurred, and then what's taken place as far as the recovery aspect of it. What their understanding of their job demands are uh, as compared to what the description reads. Um, so we set that up. We will then go through a musculoskeletal screen. Uh, again, a lot of the, it's probably, I would say it's the least impactful part of a functional capacity evaluation because that's all been determined typically in a physical therapy program. But we want to review that. And it's, you know, the one thing that's different about a functional capacity evaluation it's versus uh, rehab for shoulders is we're evaluating everything. We're right. going to look at the entire body. We're looking at all the function, um, you know, obviously with a, a specifics and, and uh, emphasis on the injured area. Once we do an intake interview, um, once we do our musculoskeletal screen, then we get into functional testing. We yeah. typically do our, our lift assessment first, and we're doing a number of different types of lifts, again, specific to the jo- the demands of the job if we have a job to return to. Uh, there's no sense in testing somebody for 100 pounds of lifting when they lift 25 at work. Right. Um, so we will go through a lift assessment. It's a number of different types of lifts. We're looking at, you know, again, if it's specific to the job, then we're going to do de- lifting demands or lifting tasks that are very specific to the job. Otherwise, it's going to be a general floor-to-waist lift. It's going to be a waist-to-shoulder lift, a shoulder-to-overhead lift, a push, pull, and a carry. It's going to be your standard functional or lift assessment. Um, again, changes drastically if there are specific demands. Then we, you know, again, through the whole test, we're looking at um, sustained postures, uh, sitting, standing. Um, we're, we're doing a cardiovascular test during that to test cardiovascular endurance and deconditioning. Um, we get into stooping, bending, squatting, kneeling, all of them, forward reaching, overhead reaching. might be required in the job is what Absolutely. we're going to test as a part of that, Yeah, right? so, 
you know, a functional capacity evaluation, usually I always tell people it's, it's roughly around four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done an FCE that's taken me seven hours. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. I've done, you know, Bring the, a lunch. I, I, I like to give the accolades to our firefighters out there. I love doing firefighter functional capacity evaluations because those are two and a half hour evaluations because oh. these are driven individuals yeah. that are excited to get back to work. And, uh, therefore there's, you know, the distraction techniques and all the, uh, everything we have to test through to make sure we're getting maximum effort and make sure that we're, uh, that we got consistency in effort and behavior. Um, we, we, those are very easy, uh, accomplished with a firefighter. So I use them as an example because, you know, 20, 26 years of doing this, um, those are our easy functional capacity evaluations. We talked, we've interviewed, um, you know, several patients on the podcast and, you know, unfortunately we didn't, we don't have a patient here, but I, I would be real curious. I mean, your uh, experience and your history, looking at the psyche of the injured worker, and I'm sure you've seen some folks that come in on day one, and they're like, there is no way I'm going to be able to do this so many hours, so many days a week, and by the time they go back to work, I mean, that's got to be just gratifying to see that happen. Absolutely. I could tell you story after story, but... Um, <laughs> that's for another podcast. <laughs> yes, but it is gratifying. It is because you know, a, a big part of returning to work when you've been off of work from a significant injury yeah. is apprehension. It's fear. For sure. It's anxiety. For sure. All those are involved. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not our, you know, we have to prepare them to go back to work in a normal working environment, a normal work schedule. So that's another component of, a, of an industrial rehab program that's a little different than physical therapy is we set a schedule, mm-hmm. right? It's a schedule. You're, you know, aside of clocking in, you are here at a certain time. Sure. You are starting to prepare a new, a work type of schedule, even though if it's only a half a day, yeah. it's still a schedule you're getting used to. You're getting used to a, a new, a pattern that you haven't had to do for a while. Um, but yeah, our goal is when somebody finishes our program, there's no anxiety involved because yeah. they, what they've done here has been as tough or more difficult than what they'll do at work. And they can, yeah. so they can do it. <laughs> yeah, so they go back to work with a great level of confidence, which removes anxiety and fear. There yeah, we'll and the employer's got to be happy getting someone back that is engaged and ready to go, feels comfortable, feels safe, as opposed to someone who maybe brings that extra baggage you mentioned of fear and anxiety back to their first day after being off. And having a resource like this, we can kind of prevent that from happening again with these employees. Right. Without question. You know, if I could add one thing, if if I have any patients listening, um, (laughs) you know, I I try to call my patients prior to coming in for a functional capacity evaluation because they come in with a lot of anxiety, fears of what's, you know, they told me this is four hours. What am I going to do for four hours? So they come in with elevated blood pressure. They come in with a lot of anxiety and fear. And then hopefully, you know, after that intake interview, you know, we're, we're, we're able to remove that just by getting a comfort level, but for sure, you know, it's, you know, come in and you, you, you do the best you can. And, you know, our number one goal I tell everybody is, is we're not producing another injury or exact right. exacerbating an injury. Yep. That's our number one goal. Our second goal is the two of us are going to figure out what your capabilities are so we can help guide you safely back to work. Right. That makes sense. Maybe we should get one of Rocky's patients on the podcast and see what they say. I think episode number two is already in the works of Rocky here. (laughs) So the last thing I would say is I always have to find a way to work direct access into it. We almost got out of it. guys. Being on the direct access doctor physical therapy podcast, obviously a work injury is a little bit different. We don't always have the ability to navigate and make all those choices, but um, just talk for a minute about uh, patient advocacy and to our patients out there, Maybe there's case managers listening. Maybe there's referral sources listening. Or how do um, I get myself into here? Yeah, or someone that knows someone who, man, they've been off of work and they can't seem to get back to work. Like, 
what are the right things that people should be saying or doing for themselves, for their loved ones, for their family members who might be dealing with something like that? You know, Matt, that's a great question. And, and my first statement is, you know, as a patient, you control where you go to do your therapy, where you get your treatment, who you choose as your yeah. medical provider in yeah. the state of Ohio, especially. So, um, you know, I would say, you know, keeping that in mind is, is you know, you, you want to find your best provider yeah. in every aspect of your treatment. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, I, you know, we've encouraged patients to do a lot of investigation, do a lot of homework. It's a big decision. You know, I mean, I mean, put as much time and effort into repairing your body as you would investigating who would repair your car or who would do work on your home or who would do anything else that you would hire to do. You know, you're hiring out the most, especially if you're a physical worker, you're hiring out the most important tool you have, which is your body. And you need to have that fixed. And I would just echo that standpoint. Do and your homework. And if you get to choose, why not choose the best? That's Absolutely. right. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, right to that line, Matt, we have a lot of our case managers that will, you know, because, again, they, they're they're trying to convince and, and, and sell the fact that they need to do a work conditioner, work hardening program. And patients are here in four hours a day and they're yeah. hearing how tough it might be. Um, a lot of our case managers will have patients come in and visit. They'll come in. We'll do a tour. Yeah. They'll come in before they commit to a program. Um, we'll take a half hour and show them around the gym, show them around the clinic, give them a little taste of what's going to happen in their program, and, and just ease their minds a little bit that this is the right thing to do for them to help them get to that next level. I think that's a great point. Well, Rocky, thank you so much for sharing all the information today. And uh, it was fantastic having you on. And I think Allie's already got episode number two in the works. I think I do, guys. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rocky. It was great awesome. being here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms, and until next time, keep it moving!